Hello, my name is Jakub Gurnicki and this is Story Mixer, a podcast in which we are talking about just one thing, how to make great stories. Mixer is an organization which is devoted to supporting journalists, storytellers, influencers, basically people who produce stories in Europe and different places all around the world. We organize workshops, we do events, we provide services, but what is the most important thing is that we meet great people who do great stories. So I thought it's such a great thing talking to them. So I want you to give this opportunity so you can hear our conversations as we talk and try to understand how to make a great story. So hello, this is Story Mixer, a podcast about how to make great stories. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Story Mixer. This is Jakub, your host. Today I am with our great guest, Orshi. I'm going to say Orshi because we know each other also and because I decided not to fight with the actual pronunciation of her first and last name. Orshi, could you do it for me, please? Yes. Hello, everybody. My full name is Orshaya Sharegei, but as Jakub said, I also not really expecting people to pronounce it quite well. So Orshi is quite fine. <laughs> Even though I come from a culture which operates a language which is full of and technically I am capable of saying this in this particular case, I promise that in the next five years I will learn how to do it. Yeah, but you know, anyway, kudos for you because I think from the war group you are the only one who actually managed to pronounce my name properly from the very first moment. Because usually it's Orsi, or Orsoya, or so um, I think you are doing great. Yeah, I know. It's because of this magic sh- which we have in Polish. So this is why <laughs> I, I managed to do it. Okay, so you are a Hungarian journalist, uh, but you are based out of Serbia. And uh, tell us a little bit about your work. Like, where do you work and what do you do? And I have to also uh, mention that in her free time, Orsi is also a mixer trainer conducting our trainings, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. So uh, I'm not just based in Serbia. I'm actually from Serbia, but I'm a, I'm an ethnic minority. So I'm working mostly in my mother language, which is Hungarian. I'm working for a small media uh, outlet called Sabad Magyarszó. And we are the part of the Press Freedom Foundation. Yes, we're going to have lots of Hungarian names. So I will try to pronounce them. But if you can't catch it, it's it's fine. So if anyone wants to to check us out they can do it on the press freedom foundation we have a website and from them you can find our different outlets we have a printed magazine we have a web magazine we have podcasts we have a youtube channel and it's crazy because we don't have so many people in our team so we all do everything uh, everybody's doing everything i would say and uh, I'm mostly in charge with the podcast, uh, and I'm also in charge with some interviews and uh, reports. I think um, if I would need to uh, pick a topic, what what is my favorite, or like what are my my favorite um, topics to to take care of? I really like social problems and social issues, or maybe even taboos. So. Um, I think most of my interviews are tackling these questions and also my podcasts are in these topics as well. Yeah, I want to talk to talk about your podcast. But listen, how is it like operating such, you know, um, 
in a way specific, you know, uh, ethnic minority newsroom, as you describe it, in Serbia these days. Because, well, well, when we hear about Serbia, it's usually very tense um, regarding the political situations. I'm talking maybe from my perspective a little bit, you know, or is it some ongoing the shitstorms at the between Kosovo and Serbia and so on. So this is what we hear. But how is it from your perspective? You know, I mean, when it comes to how people may connect Serbia and Hungary is the funny video of both, well, the prime minister and the president, uh, you know, uh, on this empty train station, uh, waving at people. <laughs> uh, and then there is also a very famous video of um, uh, Vucic and uh, Donald Trump uh, <laughs> about, what was it, uh, the embassy in Jerusalem, I think, uh, when they were signing some documents and Vucic learned that... <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a great one, but tell me about your experience. It uh, do you have any issues? Is it some kind of a problematic? Do you have any harassment, or is it just normal operation? Well, if we look the the relation between the two countries, mm-hmm. like I would say, because you know I was born in the nineties, let's say, and so in the like early two thousand, there was still some some tension between uh, the communities in general, but not just for Hungarians, also for the other ethnic minority group, because we have lots of them. We have like more than 20 uh, ethnic minority group in Serbia. So it's uh, sometimes it gets quite hectic. What I usually say is that uh, uh, as almost everybody from my community, I'm also holding uh, a dual citizenship, which means I have two very useless passport in terms of uh, European Union and any any other countries. Um and also, if I would like to choose between the two countries, like now at, the, at this point, I think Hungary and Serbia is pretty much on the same level if you are thinking about democracy or press freedom or any sort of, um, you know, political uh, system. Well, now after the elections, well, I wouldn't say that there is a huge tension towards mm-hmm. Hungary and so towards other communities, but I also wouldn't say that there is no tension at all. So I would say that now it's more like a, like a silent wall, let's say. So they are like changing um, maybe street signs. They are changing names on the street, maybe uh, from Hungarian to Cyrillic. And this is like something very passive and really small, but this is something that maybe on day on day basis you can notice that maybe this sign wasn't here before. Or maybe this sign used to be a Hungarian sign. Um, with the media, we have, um, because we are the first ethnic uh, minority community regarding numbers, we have uh, three media, three or four media outlets. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, with the minorities, it's always like this. They are trying to give something, but at the same time, they are taking something, right? So you're never in, uh, like, really in a winning position. So we can have Hungarian schools, we can have Hungarian uh, institutions, and also media. Mm, the media itself is uh, depending on the government. And if not the Serbian government, then on the Hungarian government, which means it's not independent at all. Um, the community have to face with lots of propaganda, censorship. Uh, we have a Hungarian party uh, in the parliament at the moment, uh, but they are not really... Uh, I wouldn't say they are doing a great job because they are in a coalition with the with the current government, which is, again, a quite authoritarian government, so it's a bit uh, weird to see. 
we can operate for now. Um, I think for now we don't really have like harassment yet. When mm-hmm. I was a bit younger in high school, uh, I had some some issues that uh, I got you know beaten up or we get attacked because we were speaking Hungarian on the street but we passed this and I don't really want to really like go into this because I don't really want to this to be as a as a you know an idea that people have that this is what happens or this is what usually happens tell me more about your audience like you know how big is it in terms of uh, uh, I don't know numbers and maybe you know who are those people um, just so we can try to better Mm -hmm. understand them Yeah. So our audience is uh, mostly based on the north part of the country and also in Hungary because lots of people went back to the mother country, let's say. Uh, At this point, we are talking about sometimes 80,000 people or more. Uh, I think regarding the age, it's really mixed. We have older people because we also have a printed magazine, so probably it's more for older people but the the online platforms are really followed by also like younger generations and it's also uh i think if you would think about like who are they what are they doing it's also mixed but everybody is mostly on the north of the part of the country or in hungary ah that's great okay so I actually wanted to talk initially when we started to talk about the podcast, about your podcast. So if you could tell me a little bit more, because you also did a training in podcasting, where was it? And um, during the Mixer Sarajevo event? Yes. Um, okay. Yes. So uh, tell me a little bit more about it. Um, well, I the first time I was starting to like exploring podcast, I was uh, I was on like uh, an Erasmus volunteer in France. And I was working in a radio station and we were doing podcasts. And that was like the first time I was introduced to podcasting. And it was a really interactive way because, you know, we were like learning about like how to do it and how to to record and, and so. And I really liked the whole idea of the format. And so during a whole year, that was my, you know, main task to do, mm-hmm. to, to create some some content. And then I uh, I was thinking about that, I think especially during the pandemic. So most of the people were like doing bread, right? And, and like doing some some arts and craft. And I was doing like, oh, now I have so much free time. I could do a podcast, but I didn't want to talk by myself because uh, I wanted to, to have initially stories uh, from people that actually lived through that uh, story or that narrative. So I was... Uh, opening up my little laptop and I decided, okay, I'm going to do a podcast by myself and I'm going to invite guests. And on that time I was living in Poland, in Krakow. And uh, on Facebook, I started to look for people. I posted on on Facebook that I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to ask very uncomfortable questions. And if someone feels like comfortable enough to talk with a stranger, then, then, reach out and I will I will um, explain the details. And this was the moment when I created my English podcast, The Cafe Pools. And this was uh, like a burning mess from the beginning. Uh, but I was like, okay, you know, it's my first uh, production that I'm doing by myself. So maybe it's, uh, it's fine if it's not perfect. So in this uh, sense, I was um, 
truly selecting topics I really, really wanted to talk about. And I was very lucky because I really find people that were comfortable enough to share their experiences with me. So we had different episodes on polyamory, on taboos, on BDSM relationships. So as I said, I was just every episode, because I was doing it in every month, it's going to be a different topic. And I'm going to ask someone who's actually living through an experience or a situation to share um, his or her story. And I was doing this for a year. And then I got uh, a message uh, from, from Press Freedom Foundation that they are also planning to do a podcast. And uh, if I would maybe like to, to help or if I would like to maybe do it. So this was a bit different. Uh, this was for a project. Uh, it didn't really had a different platform or a different name. It was just our first podcast that we were doing uh, in Hungary. And I was a bit concerned on because of the Hungarian language, because before that I was working in English and I felt that when I'm selecting people from different backgrounds and I'm selecting initially people who are rather open-minded, it's easy to have this uh, comfortable atmosphere where you are just discussing things. But I also know that in my community, people are a bit closed and they are not so comfortable of like truly going to discussing. So they are more comfortable to have maybe an interview. But I wanted to have a discussion, not really an interview. So I was a bit uh, nervous about it. So after a year, because this project went on a year, uh, again, it was uh, on me what kind of topic I want to work with, how I would like to, to reach out to people. And then I became like a full um, partner of this uh, foundation and I decided to do a new podcast that would be more closer to what I imagine what is a podcast. And so I started a podcast with, a, with actually with a partner so that now we are the two of us and we're inviting a third guest. And it's uh, mostly about uh, topics that would be like relatable for women in our community not really like just feminist topics, but also about feminism. And uh, this is uh, the Hajranük, again, a Hungarian name. So it calls like, let's go girls. It's a bit of a, like a last minute name, I would say, but uh, this is what we, we came up with. And uh, so far I'm doing this since a year with my partner, with Greta. And um, we are inviting different guests, mostly women, uh, to talk about uh, topics from, well, I think, because I was thinking a lot about, like, if it's like a true feminist podcast where we're trying to be, like, pushing our ideology on other people, but I would be more comfortable to say that, no, like, we are using this platform to maybe show that there are, like, different opinions, different values that can be also um, interesting to at least listen. And we are doing this since a year. And I remember our first topic was about, uh, because we started on Women's Day, so, like, the first introduction <laughs> Uh, was about Women's Day, like what, because what does this mean? Because, you know, what is the difference between the countries when it comes to, to, to Women's Day in general, if you are getting flowers or equal rights? And uh, then the next topic was like, we already did like a, like a deep dive in it. And we were talking about maceration. And I was very nervous about it because, again, I know, I know my community. I know these people. I know that uh, if I would 
say that, oh, we're going to do like a feminist podcast and we're going to talk about menstruation and sexual life. No one going to listen mm-hmm. because they are like, oh, you know, this is something nasty. So, but I was okay, we have to start somewhere and I need a topic that would actually be interesting enough so people would actually listen. And uh, it, it came out quite well. And I think... Um, what was the moment for me to see that people are actually listening these episodes is that I started to get private messages and uh, basically random girls were just texting me and, hey, I listened to the podcast. And then they shared how their experience was with when, when they started uh, masturbating, for example, which is absurd. But at the same time, I find it like so nice because it really means that they listened, they felt comfortable listening it and they felt like comfortable enough to maybe reach out and share their little stories as well. And um, so now I also restarted my English podcast again because for the coffee pause, I had a little break. So I restarted the English podcast as well. And the first episode was about school shooting. So uh, maybe as you can see, I always trying to look for topics that might be interesting for people, but they don't know how to ask. They don't know what to ask about. They maybe can read some some articles about it, but and they have an opinion about it, but they don't have like a, like a first hand experience regarding the topic. So I'm always trying to find guests that they can actually share their stories that is related to the event I would like to talk about, and they actually manage to find a guy in the States who was actually in prison because he used to be a school shooter. He actually went into a school and uh, then, of course, he the police took him down and he was in prison for 16 years and now he's like an advocate in this topic. So I reached out to him and I said, hey, you know, in Serbia we had these tragic events and people are like creating different narratives and no one's really understanding it, but maybe you can say something about this. And uh, I was very nervous about this interview because I didn't want it to be like really, you know, like like tabloid-like, let's say, but still like have this space for him to to tell like, you know, what was in his mind on that time and how this could have been maybe avoided or what was the, the signs, uh, how he feels about the world event now. And um, so I'm always trying to, to find this perspective which is a bit hard sometimes because, you know, people are maybe not comfortable to talk with you and maybe they have, um, you know, different perspectives and they don't want to talk about it at all. So I'm always trying to to find people who will maybe, if I have an idea, like what I want to have in this episode, to have someone who can talk about an experience and not from the outside, but really from the inside. I see. So, I mean, you started the podcast in, uh, during pandemic, which is, of course, the paradise paradise time for podcasts and actually the whole podcasting industry, well, boomed because of it. Now we are actually seeing uh, little declines, at least when it comes to creating new podcasts in regard of this. Do you think, I mean, is this form popular in Sergio or among your audience? Like, do you think you this is not only the content you're giving them, but the way you're giving them to them? Is this actually something good um, or did you try this also with in different formats? Well, I think, I think as you also mentioned, um, maybe in Warsaw, like podcast is good because this is something that you can listen, but you don't have to like watch it, for example, or like to to really sit <coughs> in front of it. 
Mm, I think podcasts are getting more popular in Hungary and also in Serbia. We have more and more content. I still believe that YouTube and podcasts on YouTube are more popular, um, even if maybe people, they don't really like actually watching it, but it's just more a platform that they get used to it. Um, but I would say that maybe in the West, it's more popular than in, in Serbia and especially in Vojvodina. Uh, I think for us, uh, it's always a bit of a confusion. So you have to explain it as it's a radio show. So they have more of, a, of like, you know, you can touch base with people. Like, so what is a podcast? Like how, why would I listen something online? Or like, where would I listen it? But if you explain it that, well, it's like a radio show, that you listen in your car, but you are not listening in your car. You're listening, you know, on a place that you can. It's more uh, successful. I, I'm not sure if Spotify, for example, is popular in this sense, but I would say that podcasts are definitely getting more attention also from this community, especially now that we have very like good quality podcasts from Hungary in different topics, because for us, Uh, it's more comfortable to listen things in Hungarian, right? So, you know, mm -hmm. we are not really a huge nation, let's say, but, you know, we can share like the same ideas or like the same uh, experiences with Hungary. So lots of people are listening podcasts from Hungary. I think um, you have to be a bit pushy with people when it comes to, to listen to content itself. Uh, you have to post it a bit more. You have to be really out there and say, hey, you know, go and listen it. Because somehow I think people are still like forget to to click buttons or like they don't really interested. But at the same time, if you're tracking the numbers, like people are actually listening. We have like some people who actually following it. And, and maybe if they see you, they're going to say, hey, you know, I listened. Uh, the latest episode and it was it was really interesting but it's really changing I think of course maybe during the pandemic I wasn't in Serbia but I guess during the pandemic it was more popular um, but still I think it's getting like a nice amount of attention but at the same time I still believe that in Hungary and also in Serbia YouTube is more uh, more of a, you know a sympathetic platform for people And uh, how do you see this going forward? I mean, I, your outlet and B podcasting in general, do you think it will um, become somewhat more, more popular? Um, I mean, in Serbia, but in your particular case, it's, it's, it's a tricky question, but um, going forward or this is going to stabilize? Mm, I'm, I'm not sure if I would talk about, you know, being let's say, popular or being more, you know, popular with it. Because I think it's also depending on the topic. And I know that my topics are not like super popular topics. I wouldn't say it's a niche podcast, but it's probably not a topic that would everyone would love to listen. And uh, I don't, like, for example, with my English podcast, that's not really my goal to be, let's say, like popular with it. If, you know, if it reaches a bit more people, I'm happy with it. If it just reaches these 100 or 200 people that it reaches now, I'm also happy with it. Uh, the Hungarian podcast is different because 
that in that case, it's not just about the podcast, but the whole platform and the, let's say the whole brand that we are using. So of course, I would love for our magazine to be more popular, to have more readers. But I also know that we have our limits because of the language, right? So I can't have, I don't know, millions of people, for example, because we don't have that much people. But uh, I think at this point, we have a, a, like a stable audience and even a bit growing. But also, I think we are not really aiming to be like the, the most popular brand, let's say the most popular magazine, because we know we are happy. Let's say we are happy if we know that people are actually reading us and they are actually choosing us over the other media platforms that are spreading propaganda. And if they don't want to commit, it's fine. If they don't want to sign up, that's fine. For us, it's enough if we know that they are actually reading us. And for you, what is like the one one thing which you really like about podcasting? Oh, I, I really like that um, you can really have a discussion and that you can, you know, I think it adds like a very nice personal touch to it. So it's not just you have an interview, I'm asking questions and you're going to answer but it really gives you an opportunity to actually get to know your guest and actually have a conversation with the guest and ask whatever you want because you can just be open-minded going into it. So I think uh, I think probably that's that that's why I also choose to try out podcasts because with the interviews I had this feeling that like okay you know you have like some sort of limitation maybe you know I have a topic I can't really just go back and forth because of course when you are writing this down it's going to be very hectic but when you have the the sound you have the voice you can really feel that it's more of a conversation you really get to know your guest you really have a chance to to share uh, a story that maybe in other ways it wouldn't be shared Great. Thank you, Orshi. It was a pleasure to have you on our podcast. Uh, what, what I like about podcasts is that sometimes you just start talking and then boom, it's 25 minutes, you know, and I know <laughs> we could go on and go on like this. But thank you for sharing your insights and actually explaining a very interesting case of your audience in a very interesting politically uh, space. Thank you. And thanks for having me. And we are back probably in, not probably, we're back in the next two weeks. For now, Story Mixer is a bi-weekly podcast, but as soon as we slightly speed up, I hope we will be able to deliver even more uh, different conversations with people who are making stories all around the world. Thank you very much. Okay. And boom.